Hello and welcome to our live stream on October 18th, 2020. And today we're going to talk about Violets on the Window, Chapter 18, Romero's Story. Now, quickly, let's talk about Violets on the Window. It's a story about a spirit called Patricia, who was 19 when she passed over into the spirit world. She was born and raised into a spiritist family, and therefore she was helped at her early death at 19 into one of the first levels of heaven. And this is her story about her in the colony, San Sebastian, which is a wonderful story of her impressions of the colony when she first passed over. But before I forget, before I uh, forget, before I forget, begin, I should say, please hit the bell, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, please comment. It helps us with the algorithm that helps us spread spiritism far and wide. Now, let's begin about Patricia and her impressions of heaven. This is chapter 18. It's called Romero's Story. And I'll start reading from her story now. I noticed that Ramiro was listening attentively, so I asked him, And you, Ramiro, don't you want to talk a little about yourself? It's by listening to friends that you get information. Then he said, Until recently I was ashamed of talking about my incarnate life or my death. Later I found out that everyone has a story and that there is no criticism at the colony, only help. You're right, Patricia. We learn important lessons when we listen to our friends' stories. My departure was quite sad. Why is the passing over so sad for most people? So let's think about what he just said. He said, there's no criticism in the colony, only help. And this is, this is true. Remember, the law of affinity. When you pass over, you go where others are like you. And as you, even if you're in some undesirable area, environment in the spirit world, and as you become better and you ascend in your spirituality and your maturity, you will go with others at the same level of maturity. And therefore, as you ascend spiritually, people do not talk behind your back. There's no gossip, Melissa's gossip, meanness or sarcasm about your, about your past history. It's only hell. This is why heaven is a wonderful place. So I'll carry on reading. There was silence for a few minutes. He goes, indeed, I thought, from almost everyone I've heard here, my passing was sad or I suffered a lot, is what Patricia was saying. It was Mauricio who answered. That's because and Mauricio is kind of like her spiritual mentor. She, he's been helping Patricia in her, her you know, introduction to the spirit world after she had just died. Now, Patricia, remember when you just, when you died, you take a while. You don't all of a sudden remember all your past lives. You're not really ready for that yet. So now Mauricio's saying, that's because most people don't think about their own passing. They don't prepare themselves for the continuation of life, living their incarnate lives as if this was their main objective, loving matter more than spiritual truths. They don't love what is truthful, but rather the carnal illusions, and so become their prisoners. When they leave the perishable body, they get desperate, forgetting that this physical vehicle is temporary. Because they are afraid of the death of the body, they don't live according to the example set by Jesus. This always makes for a sad and painful passing. 
But those who were good while incarnated, the ones who served the Father and lived the teachings of Jesus, there is nothing and their passing over is joyful. Now, in this paragraph, it's really, there's everything we need to know. First, why are we on earth? We are on earth to become better people. And why do we go through the trials and tribulations? Well, let me show you because, let me hide this one, because it's all to make us more mature spiritually. And how is this done? Well, by the process of karma. Now let's talk, let's think about this. Let's think about this and really kind of expand horizons. We are on earth. Earth, why? Earth is a campus. Earth is where spirits go to become more spiritually mature. How do we become more spiritually mature? Well, that's why Jesus was on earth. We need to follow his precepts, the basic tenets. We need to love one another. We need to have charity. We need to have fraternity, be honest with each other. And so each one of us are, is going through this karmic process ourselves in that our previous life is recorded, everything, everything, everything in minute detail. Remember, I've told, said this before, the Spirit Manual and other spirits have told us that everything we do is tagged with a unique identifier. We are unique. And therefore, every thought, every action is tagged. Those thoughts and actions are analyzed from our previous life, and therefore our current life is a result of our previous life. And therefore, that is the trials and tribulations we go through. That helps us increase our love, our fraternity, our charity. Sometimes what we can look at as pretty painful experiences, but there they are. Now, your current life, you're going through and you are building up your, you know, all your experiences, your good and your bad karma, everything. And that's going to, that's going to dictate your future life. So if you want your future life better than this life, try and follow, study spiritism, try and follow the precepts of Jesus. That is why we're here. So you think about this, we think about karma, you think about, okay, we're, we're a spirit, we're put into this physical body. So how's all that done? That is where you get to the point that in what is the truth of our existence, right? And this is what this is also what was said in the book, the truth of the existence. Now, what they say the truth of existence is that we're here to learn spiritual, right? To, to be better spiritually. But, but how why are we here to be better spiritually spiritually? Well, you have to look at us. Now, as I describe the, the spiritual world, I describe it kind of as, you know, our physical world up and down and wide and long and in depth and in time. But what is the real truth? The real truth is that we really are in a type of a matrix existence. We are spirits put into this physical body where we are limited as far as our senses, because our senses are so much more powerful as a spirit. But we are limited as a senses. We are like put into like an app, an application, a game on your iPhone or your 
Android phone, whatever it is, you are now this avatar. You've been put into this avatar. And as you've been put into this avatar, you don't sense as much. You, you only sense about one eighth of the world around you. We on earth, or most of us, some, some people have power that I do not have. They can see spirits. We can't. We can't see the spirit world, most of us. We can't see other spirits. We see very little. And we think this this physical self is the 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 real state of us, the true state. That's not true. We are just here. This is a temporary. Our physical body is a temporary state. Now, so this is what is so interesting about the, the world in general, is that we are here to learn, to become, to become better, to become superior in mature spirits, ones who are we're not tied to the earth, we're not tied to materialism. And believe me, we've all been there. And of course, we all, you know, you know, even I am still to a certain extent. I need to make enough money to pay, to pay, you know, the rent, to buy food, to help my, you know, my family. You know, we all have to be material to some extent. I'm not saying anybody to give off all your, you know, you know, your car, your house, everything, and just, you know, beg for alms in the world. No. We have to learn how to balance our materialism and our spiritualism and try and then within that balance always maintain our good conscience now why is our conscience so important our conscience is the law library of the universe it is the set of divine laws that is is within each of us every one of us knows what's right and wrong now that we can look at people and go, well, that person obviously doesn't know what's right and wrong. You know, that person's a scoundrel. And so there are different levels of maturity of humans on earth. And as they go through these different, you know, uh, different trials and life after life, they will learn more and more to listen to their conscience. When they're very primitive spirit, the earth is right now a world of atonement, meaning where we pay for our past wrongs as we learn to become better. But primitive spirits, you know, as primitive tribesmen, where they'll just kill or whatever, they don't feel too bad about it because they don't know any better and they don't learn to listen to their conscience. And so just like children, right? Children just do whatever they want to. But then as they get older, they get more in touch with their conscience and they get more in touch with the morality that their parents help them. But when you're about 15 to 20, your true personality comes through. And therefore, then your conscious becomes more fully developed and your conscious and your instincts are given to you after each life and you're more in touch with those. So we all are in touch with that. In fact, that's what I talk about in my book, How to Live, is really how to be in touch with your conscience and have a certain conscience. Because the more you do things that you think are right, even though they may not be materially beneficial to you, the more stress-free the more serene and calm and happy you will be, and you will have a wonderful reward in heaven. So that is kind of a, you know, a very summary of the fact that we aren't real as we think we real. We're not. We're not this carbon-based life form that will pass away, and there's no soul. Yes, electric. And as someone just says, electric electromagnetic moral compass and that is um, a very good uh, you know a very good uh, uh, 
saying, right? Is that really what it is? is we know that and we just have to pay attention to it. To it. If we can pay attention to it, that is a, a victory. And let me give you an example. You know, when I was when I was younger and before I discovered spiritism through uh, drastic events in my life, those were all part of a planned event in my life. You know, I wanted to rise in the uh, organization of corporation, and to rise in or, and to rise in an organization of corporation, you have to drink the Kool Aid, right? And you have to make your your employees drink the Kool Aid too, or they got to be fired. Now, I hated that. And therefore, and this is even before I found spiritism, I just did not like it. I just, you know, and God bless anyone out there who's going through the same thing. And you don't, certainly don't have to follow my example. But finally, what I did is I said, no, I can't, I don't want to be in charge of anyone, any, anyone anymore because I was, we were doing things like that, you know, at the year-end review, you had to grade on the curve. And that means if you had 10 people in your organization, you had to make one of them that you could, you know, give them such a terrible review that, you you know, they could be fired. Even though they may not be as good as the other people, this has always been my opinion. Now, some people deserve to be fired. That actually helps them because they need to say what a terrible job they're doing. So, you know, that does happen. But there are some people that does a job and they may be the weakest person in that 10 person group, but what they do, no one else would want to do and they do it well. And so there's, there's always a use for them for certain amounts of work. And, but in, you know, in this grading on a curve thing that where you've got to, you know, frighten the hell out of, out of your employees. Well, you, you know, that's part of drinking Kool-Aid becoming, you know, as, as my, one of my boss says is, Part of becoming a middle manager suck up which you know i certainly try my best and i've done things that i certainly regret but finally i came to the point where it was just too much stress and i felt you know okay i'm not going to make a big amount of money i will not be a you know i'll be considered let's say i'll be considered a failure but i'll be a happy failure i'll i'll just be an individual contributor that's why i just became instead of a, a manager i became more of like a project manager where you know, I had, uh, I had informal power or I, you know, help project plants and things like that. And I was a lot happier and less stressed. I tell you, it made a big difference in my life. So let's get back to the book. So Mauricio silence. We all looked at Romero. This is Romero's talking about his life, inviting him to continue to tell his story. So then he said, I passed away young. I was on drugs, though I wasn't an addict yet, or so I thought. We fool ourselves when we use drugs, thinking we can stop anytime we want. Still, it's when we try to free ourselves that we realize how much we are dependent on them. I started with marijuana and progressed to cocaine. My family didn't know about it and never found out, since I didn't have any reason to justify my involvement with drugs. Today, I know there's no rational justification to this madness. My drug involvement started when I was dating a beautiful girl coveted by every boy in school. She and her gang smoked marijuana and induced me to join them. I started smoking because of this idiotic fear of being labeled square and immature. So this is, again, this is, you know, this is typical adolescence, peer pressure, 
you know, as, as, you know, as I did, you know, the stupid things you do is just too numerous to mention. I'll carry on. I broke up with her, but remained in the gang. During a race, playing chicken with a borrowed motorcycle, I had an accident. I fell off the motorcycle, hitting my head on a rock, which caused instant death to my body. Obviously, I got extremely distraught by the occurrence. I hung around my family and my friends from the gang. These were so scared with my death that they even stopped taking drugs. A few days after passing over, I began, to feel, I began feeling withdrawal pains with cocaine. My entire Paris spirit cave craved for the drug. It was horrible. Now let's talk about that for a second. Well, how could he crave for the drug when he stopped having a physical body? Well, this is a very important point to understand. It's all about ment mental issues. It's all about what you feel mentally. And if you are an addict, alcohol, cocaine, whatever it is, and your paraspirit is used to feeling that addiction. So we're all composed of three parts, right? Our spirit, which is a, a logical representation of our personality and our character. In fact, you see that a lot in spiritist literature. They talk about, oh, this person's personality. And it's really, it's like labeling a set of routines, a a artificial intelligence as a certain personality. Don't associate with a body. Don't associate with anything right now. Just think of yourself as this logical routine that can go anywhere in the universe, the spirit universe, right? Anywhere you, you wish, that's your character, your personality. And of course, that is why God is so just amazingly superior to us because that is how they make us intelligent and they make us superior and yet when they make us superior in intelligence through all these trials and tribulations we're all unique but and but we're all equally good in, in in the majority ways right when we become when we ascend spiritually but we're all unique personalities it's when you really think of this whole process of making us go through trials and tribulations and what we think are physical lives, because in our physical body, we are much more uh, uh, open to different stimuli to cause us to really uh, analyze our character and our personality and to change it for the good. So let's say you're, you're hooked on something. Well, your body feels that chemical dependence. Now, your paraspirit is what is connects into every cell in your body. Therefore, as that is happening, now, when you're, when, like, uh, Romero, when he hit his head from the motorcycle accident, his body perished. But guess what? His paraspirit had recorded everything that happened. And, of course, as uh, someone just commented, it's really a sensational attachment, which is a, a very good, uh, you know, kind of shorthand for what that is, because that paraspirit connects to every cell. And so, therefore, if you think you're, you know, you've been dependent on alcohol or cocaine, when you die, your paraspirit still thinks, still feels that. And that's why they have 
and we'll, I'm sure we'll Mary will talk about this later. They have help for, for you in the spirit world. When you come up in the spirit world, then they'll give magnetic passes. They'll tell you, no, this is a physical thing that you're no longer associated with this sensational attachment. And therefore you don't need it. The only in your mind, which is your spirit, do you think you need it? And therefore you really feel it, but it's not true. It's like having, it's like people who've had a leg or an arm cut off, yet they still feel they have that leg or arm. Same thing. That's why people who are addicted to smoking, they want to smoke, they want to drink. And that's why you see the stories in the umbrella about spirits who will kind of, you know, hang around people who drink or whatever they do, have, you know, material pleasures, even eating. And they'll kind of like encase themselves in that physical body. So they'll feel They'll feel the alcohol. They'll feel whatever that other person is doing. It's very important to them. They haven't had those people who are still trapped into the lower zone, haven't had the education yet in the levels of heaven. So that is why. So that paraspirit is, is when you pass over, when Romero thought, you know, a lot of people pass over. And he's talking about he went to his friends. He went to his house. To himself, he goes, oh, well, I'm not dead. Because I look like me, I'm still me, I still feel me. But that's your paraspirit, that is your 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 view of yourself. Now, as you are in the spirit world and you learn about this the paraspirit, then you can, you know, you can make yourself look younger, you can make yourself look older. I can give you know if I want and I'm in the spirit world, I'm gonna have a full head of hair, right? Um, I want you know, all these things. I'll look younger, and because you are, you know, you become you're, you become what you think you should become. And that is really, and this is the most fantastic thing you learn in about spiritism is thought is action. And when you think of that thought is action and how this is like the most fantastic, you know, fantasy or science fiction, you know, movie or book you've ever heard or read of, it's, it's you know, so your life, the fact that you're on earth in this, this, you know, matrix like game to teach you how to become a better person. And then when you get rid of your physical body, you're back into the real world, the spirit world where thought is action. And the higher you, the higher you go, the higher you ascend in the spirit world, the more power your thoughts have because you're more spiritually pure. And they don't let us immature spirits have, you know, we can't destroy all certain things because we need to have to have be peaceful and calm and loving in all certain in all types of situations. So let me continue on with what Murillo said. So he goes, it was horrible, right? That, since he still craved for the drug, because he thought he still craved for the drug. At home, it was sheer agony to watch my mother crying. I felt guilty, and actually, I was. I passed away because I had been imprudent, playing with a motorcycle, such a dangerous vehicle, and because I was high while doing it. I knew I'd passed away before my time. My family's suffering made me feel guilty and remorseful. This situation at home was tormenting me too much, so I left and wandered about. I was aware that I had passed over, although I didn't know exactly what was happening to me. My body had perished and I was still alive. I didn't know what to do. 
and the craving to shoot cocaine was getting worse. I never thought I would be suffering so much. Cocaine was my most critical need. I wasn't interested in food. It wasn't hot or cold, although I was thirsty at times. So I decided to look for the drug. So here he is. Most probably on the surface of the earth, right? He's been walking around his family. Of course, he comes up to them and say, Mom, Dad. They don't even know he's there, right? Um, so, you know, then he goes, oh, okay, I must be dead. There's something, there's something weird going on here. So when I found them, I couldn't even come close to them because by their side, there were these horrible monsters. Later, I found out these monsters were only discarnate junkies, suffering brothers and sisters, prisoners of the drugs who were acting like vampires or incarnate addicts. So, and they're, so when they talk about vampires, they're talking about someone who lives off, not like a real blood-sucking vampire. He's talking about someone who is living off the experiences of another. And those people, and that's why once you become addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever you're addicted to, it becomes so hard to stop it because you have all these others, you have all these spirits who are also addicted to whatever that is, egging you on and saying, more, more, have that drink, right? Do this, do that. And when you're trying to stop, it takes just an immense amount of willpower to stop because you have all these thoughts coming at you. Because remember, thoughts, thoughts, you know, your thoughts go throughout the universe. Your thoughts, every thought is recorded. And your, th your thought goes to other people. Now, us being in, in this physical state, we don't really think we, we hook these up, but if you, you've noticed, you know, mob reactions and stuff like that, these thoughts really do affect us a small amount, but it's quite a lot with when there's other spirits around us really trying to put thoughts into our head. And that's why we're on earth, you know, not to let them do that. We're on earth to use our conscience to filter out a lot of these stupid ideas. It's like when you were in middle school or junior high and all your friends would always gave you really great advice. Not, right? It was like the dumbest thing that, you know, let's do something stupid today. Well, that's a great idea because I've done that myself. This is what it's like here being on earth, even as an adult, when you're doing something you know that is wrong and yet you're, all your so-called friends around you are telling you, yes, do it. So anyway, I'll carry on with what he said. He goes, I was truly desperate. Just around that time, I sensed that my grandmother was praying for me. She was a spiritist. The reason our family used to tease her, especially her grandchildren. I thought to myself, you know, she could be right. I died and I'm here wandering as a spirit. I remember the terminology she used. I knew where was the spiritist center she frequented, so I walked over there. The place was open and I entered a bit ashamed. When a gentleman, a discarnate rescuer, asked me what I wanted, I said, begging, help me for God's sake. Don't they help wandering spirits in here? I died and I don't know what to do. I'm desperate for a fix of cocaine or I'll die. I can't die again, right? If I can't die again, I don't know what will happen if I don't have some cocaine. My grandmother frequents this place. Help me, please. So that's why uh, spirit dissenters are so wonderful. And it's, it's, it's wonderful when I'm in Brazil because there's all of them around here. And when I go to... Uh, some mediums meetings. I'm not a medium, but they help spirits like like Romero, and they talk to them, and they they because they have this association 
with uh, physical humans, and they kind of listen to them. It's like a child listening to another child more than to listen to an adult. So he said, the rescuer was looking at me with kindness. I fainted and fell on his arms. I'll be forever grateful to those spiritists, the generous people who gave me refuge. I was taken to a hospital to a wing for treatment of drug addicts. My struggle against drug addiction wasn't easy. When I would become desperate, I was kindly helped by the brothers and sisters who worked there. The treatment lasted many months. I had magnetic passes therapy. I learned how to pray, and when I wasn't in crisis, I would read spiritist books and the gospel. I had my meals, drank water, and used to take a bath, but only when feeling better. So, there are spiritual hospitals. They don't give us, you know, other types of drugs. They don't give, you know, do surgery, physical surgery, but they do mental surgery. They will help. Sometimes they'll help even erase memories, bad memories that, just, you know, that are counterproductive. They will, magnetic passes is when they will put their arms, you know, they'll kind of wave their hands. They, they give magnetic, they give passes even in spiritual centers for incarnates. I've had those and you can feel the energy. In fact, I've given passes and I can feel the energy just coming through my arms because what happens during passes is someone will sit down, like, like I'm sitting down there, and then someone will wave their arms, right? Kind of like this and maybe go around their head a certain way. And that person who is waving their arms to a person sitting down, they are being given, they're being given magnetic uh, influence, which is the universal fluid that is, is sourced just for that body. And the spirit standing behind, say if I'm giving a pass, standing behind me, would use my body to transform the universal fluid to become customized for that person's body. They use that to be kind of a filter to customize that and therefore to rebalance their chakras or their energy centers or force centers as they call them in spiritism. And you always kind of feel better and you feel, you know, balanced and it's, it really is a wonderful thing that's why if there's a spiritual center in your area and they give passes using if you go to a spiritual center they'll give a talk for a half hour an hour and then they'll 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 let you have passes and at the end you'll they'll drink a little bit of water that's been magnetized of course you can do that at home too you can you know you can every what we do is we call it god at home spiritism calls it god at home and you sit there, like in our family, we'll read something from the Spirits book or the Gospel According to Spiritism, or some other literature. We will pray, and then we'll have like our, our you know, vase of water. And at the end, then we'll drink that magnetic water. It makes, you know, it does help you. So let me carry on with Romero. Because when my condition improved, I went to visit other imprudent brothers and sisters like me. So in this hospital so they're helped and there's also the books about other types of hospitals there's types of hospitals that help with different sexual problems there's hospitals that help with uh suicides and they tell you why this is why you committed suicide this is why you shouldn't have this is they they'll they'll go through their past life and say this is why you had the trials and tribulations you signed up for and they'll also say and by the way the spirit world never makes a trial tribulation that doesn't have some sort of end. Now, it may be an end of death, but still it would have an end. He said, all you had to do is wait a week, a month, a year, and things would have been resolved. So, 
And then, like a lot of people, they went and they, they visited others. Because I'll never forget what I saw. Suffering as I never thought possible. I saw many deformed youngsters, like those I thought were monsters, who were recuperating but still debilitated. Now, when he says he thought they were monsters, they looked like monsters. Because you look like how you feel. And if you feel that you're just this sucking up, wanting to have some sort of drug or alcohol, and you know you think that you're just this horrible human being, well, guess what? Your paraspirit reacts to your mind, and therefore you look like that. That's the sad part. I think that's a lot of why you have these myths of werewolves and vampires and other monsters, right? Because when people who were mediums, and they saw these visions, and they saw spirits as they, as the spirits saw themselves. They saw these types of strange beings. In fact, the spirits say, you know, let's say you go to one of these haunted mansions, you know, one of these walkthroughs where people are all made up like zombies or whatever. Spirits say, look, whatever you think you're scared of in Halloween, you know, it's worse when you're actually there because there's so many really desperate people. It's it's very sad. So I'll carry on with what Romero said. I realized that as soon as they were rescued, they would be in the right path toward freedom from suffering. Worse off for those who weren't rescued at all and those who didn't want to be free. I realized I hadn't really suffered a whole lot because I've been led by my grandmother's sincere prayers. And because while incarnated, I had not committed other wrongful acts like the crimes that are common among addicts. Also, I looked for help right away Otherwise, I was destined to wander around in misery as so many others. After I was de detoxified, I came to this learning center where I now study pre pre and prepare myself for yet more improvement. In the future, I want to be a rescuer of souls who are slaves to addiction. So the only need I had as a discarnate for my own suffering and agony was cocaine. I hungered desperately for it. So then uh, producer writes, well, Romero became quiet and Mauricio hugged him. Mauricio said, we're prisoners of whatever we attach ourselves to while incarnated. I'm sure that you, my young man, will be an excellent rescuer. And that is so true. We are prisoners of whatever we attach ourselves to. And those are the people. There are so many people on the lower zone who don't make it in heaven because they're attached to something materialistic that could be their house their, you know their their houses their cars some some material they're attached to some object in fact there's been talks in spiritual literature about some painting and their spirits that will follow this painting even in museums because that was their painting or their you know their statue or whatever that they just love and they didn't you know they they're attached to it and we're told over and over again in spiritual literature is that the more we kind of we prune, you know, the more we we you know we we say, look, I don't need that, right? We 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 don't we don't attach ourselves to materiality. We free ourselves of what we don't need. We prune we prune our needs. We become freer and freer because what do you take with you when you die? You take your mind, right? Your personality and your character, and that's the only thing you're supposed to take with you. You take your learning experiences and if are you a better person or you're not a better person because you certainly you know certainly whatever you had on earth is going to rust and rot away if you know eventually the whole earth will will 
decay. The sun will blow up and destroy the earth. You'll be in some other universe or some other planet, whatever. It's all going to, you know, you're an immortal spirit. You are, you are this logical being who will never grow old. You'll never get sick unless you think you are. This is like, this is the, the fantastic truth that spiritism brings us. And it brings us this truth that we are a group of spirits under the leadership of Jesus Christ. He's given us our curriculum, our study guide that we should use. It's called the, the you know, the gospel. Of course, now people say, well, a lot of things are not very nice in the Old and New Testament. And, you know, and of course, other religious things like, you know, uh, Buddha and Lao, you know, Lao Tzu. But remember that the spirits tell us is that as these wonderful messengers of Jesus, like uh, Buddha and Socrates, who were both ministers of Jesus, came and told us these things, they were telling us what they knew that we could understand at the time. So there's some things in there that were more directive, let's say it's the Old Testament, where they told people, okay, go to this land and go to that city and kill everybody. Well, that's, that's a terrible thing to do. But that was telling, that was kind of treating that tribe as they had to be treated so they would listen to other things at that time of, at the time of their maturity or their immaturity one should say so as our our culture and our technology becomes more advanced they talk to us in ways that we can understand that is why the old testament the way it was the new testament was more about love and forgiveness and then in 1850s spiritism with the codifier spiritism alan kardec there's telling us much more. And that's why even more and more people today are becoming mediums or they have visions or they have thinking. The truth is going to be shown to more and more people. The spirit world isn't going to only use organized religion to give us these messages because organized religion has kept them for themselves and used them, these messages, as a way in order to make money, which is not what was the spirit world wanted. So, so Romero, still eager to learn, took advantage of Mauricio's presence to ask. So this is Romero asking Mauricio, who's you know who's kind of a, a spirit spirit that's coming helping people in that in that um, uh, colony. He says, Mauricio, what happens to people suffering from diseases like cancer? People who take strong medicines that control pain, medicines that often shorten their lives. Do they also crave these drugs after they pass over? Is it wrong to take them? knowing that they abbreviate our corporeal existence. And Mauricio answered, to care for the physical body is an obligation of all of us, since we need it for a period of time in order to live our incarnated lives. We have to utilize whatever the earthly medicine can offer to cure diseases. So again, they're saying, don't be like, you know, some of these people are Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever, like, oh, you know, if God meant me to have this, I'm ready. No, no. The spirit world puts us here on this earth. They know full well what the level of technology is, and you're expected to keep yourself healthy to, to use that level of technology to what you can. Because if what we take to alleviate pain also shorten existence, that is not the patient's fault, nor the doctor's. I believe that soon science will find new ways to alleviate pain and cure people. Still, my young Romero, when we take a drug as an indispensable medicine, it won't be missed when we pass over. 
Nevertheless, I've been a rescue physician for many years, and I've seen many react in different ways to pain. Those who endure excruciating physical pain with resignation are helped and soon feel well. Those who revolt while facing the same pain can always be rescued. So they continue to feel the reflexes of the disease and the pain. Sometimes they want the same medicines they use to, to have to be healed, to ease the pain. They're not addicts and don't crave for drugs since they took them as medicine. I've seen people who here who became dependent on sleeping pills. When rescued, they had to relearn how to sleep without them, having to rid themselves of that dependency. Medicines must be taken when they're necessary. In the case of cancer, an illness that causes horrible pains, it's right to take them even if they abbreviate a life. It is what the medical science has to presently offer as a treatment. So its use is allowed, yet its abuse is condemned. So, Maurice Hill, this is what's so great about this book, Violets on the Window. He's giving you, yes, right? Use what is present in our, at the level of technology that we have today. And it may sure in your life, but that's, that was all you had there. And therefore, that's fine. So let me keep reading. We were silent for a few moments. Maurice Hill, thinking he could teach us some more, went on kindly. We could say that there are two kinds of inhabitants on earth, among the incarnate and the discarnate. There are those who, by their own efforts, become self-sufficient, are useful servants, and those, and then there are the needy. Although between them, we could place the aspiring ones, those who want to learn to be useful. Unfortunately, the first group is small. It's enough to observe people and spiritual centers to verify this. The ones who go to help are few. Most are needy because they want to be. They don't want to take advantage of the opportunities to change from needy to self-sufficient. These needs bring on suffering, as in the case of Oscar and Romario, as with so many others. To be or not to be, while incarnated, they can still fool themselves and hold on to illusions. Once discarnate, there's no way out. That's because the energies, the vibrations of good spirits, are pleasant, while the energies, the vibrations of ignorant spirits, are unpleasant. And of course, now this is this is a, a truism. If we waste our time and we waste all of our effort trying to get what we crave, right, our physical desires, and but believe me, spirits and I, you know, and I talk about this in my book, uh, spirits and this uh, and the spirit universe, is they say it's like well, you know, this is this is really you know when you're a human being. There's a lot out there that, that make you forget anything about spirituality. Why did why did the spirit world make so many things that aren't good for you? You know, the desire, you know, the, the pleasure of, of, you know, too much sex, right? Too much drinking, you know, the, the pleasure of making money because then everybody wants to do whatever you want them to do. All these are like much more immediate pleasure, you know, pleasureful, you know, you know, having that big yacht with everyone will do anything they can to be, you know, a passenger on that yacht than becoming spiritually mature and knowing how to deny yourself that which you don't need, living frugally, trying to be nice to others, trying not to have people kiss up to you, right? Treating them uh, honorably. Now, those are wonderful things and helping other people make you feel good. But honestly, do they make you feel as good at that particular moment? as you know being rich and powerful 
that's a tough one. And that just shows you, it really shows you how much we really have to modify our character in order to be successful in the spirit world. It illustrates completely the power you have. Now, why do I say that? Because the higher spirits have this immense power to create in their mind. Jesus Christ was a, was a member of the Council of High Spirits. He actually, he and other spirits at the same level or higher than Jesus, actually created the solar system. He, you know, he led the creation of Earth and the moon for us to become a planet that started out as a primitive planet. Now it's a planet of atonement. And we are now entering, become a planet of regeneration where people won't have all that hate and anger and jealousy. But it just shows you the pleasures are immense on earth to, to not do right, right? And it happens a lot of people who like to become spiritual, they become weak and they lose that. You know, God bless them all, right? It's, it's just, that's just part of the learning curve. We've all been there. So, but it, this obstacle course, is really difficult. Um, it is immensely difficult to to kind of measure yourself, right? When I was trying to climb up that corporate ladder, believe me, the rewards for climbing the corporate ladder are good. Stock options, right? You can make millions, and you have to make millions by by uh, conforming to what your superiors want you to, even though it's it's the they're dumb as rocks and they're not nice people and they want to take advantage of other people, but you have to conform to that. And you got to treat people below you certain ways, right? Yeah. I always try to be nice, but sometimes when you have to lower the boom because they, you were told to, that's what you have to do. But that's why you've got to kind of control those circumstances. And that's why I talk about that in my book, spirits and the spirit universe, what the spirits are, what really are you made of? And then, and then the other thing I talk about in the third book of the series, or the first book actually is Heaven and Below, which you know talks about heaven and below. And and so this is, you know, um, you know, what's the heavens like, what is the, the lower zone, what's the dark abyss like? But then my uh, third book is how we are guided by spirits. And, oh, I did the wrong one. Sorry about that. This is how we are guided by spirits. And that is showing you that you go through a lot of this. Um, that what, what you have, you know, what, you know, is, is you're led to these experiences. And as of course, someone's saying right now, this is kind of what I've been going through this now, right? And that's not easy. It's you go through these, all these, these strange things and, and then you're, you're, you know, you become um, enamored of these physical desires. And yet that's why someone, you have to read and study and, and think about spiritism. Think about the truth because I was given by medium kind of like this, kind of like this prayer to say every night. And one is, is, is learn the true reality. And the true reality is that what we think is real isn't. We are in this, this, this constructed universe, constructed to keep blinders on us. So we are in this 
emotionally fragile state on purpose, right? When people feel lonely, they feel sad, they don't feel connected. Well, in the spirit world, when you are in heaven, you feel connected, you feel empowered, you feel protected because you're connected. You're, you're in that whole thoughts coming all around you and you're in that atmosphere of love. And, and I'm sure people, you know, have heard about NDEs and they say, I felt so much love. I didn't want to come back. And of course, you read this over and over again in, in where, the, where the angel or whoever they thought they talked to said, no, sorry, you got to go back. You, you have to go back. And because they don't really want to, because they just feel so connected and, and loved in that spirit world, in the, the, you know, the higher sections. And, but why are we here but not feeling connected not feeling love right because even if you're feeling love you're still kind of an isolated encapsulated person on this physical life because we're more vulnerable and we're more vulnerable because that's where they want us to learn these important lessons to really analyze our personality and to modify our character our personality for the better so when you go through really hard times you really just think oh what why did that happen why did that person do that to me right why did why you know why was i treated so terrible and then you have to think about, think for yourself is okay i must have done something like that to someone or some people in a previous life and now they're doing that to me so i can learn and i talk about that in my book the problem is the solution and these are trials and tribulations and complications sent to you so you can you can see the other side, right? Because every action, we were told by this over and over again, my spirit world, every action has a reaction. Now, I don't want you to think I'm harping like everything bad you do, like I took an illegal left turn, it's gonna come back and haunt me. No, those are small little things. But the, remember, the. Bad things you've done, which is like you may have taken advantage of them, you stole from somebody, right? You treat someone badly. That will come back to you in some way, right? So these people have had like these terrible divorces and these horrible spouses. You usually think, well, you know, I've done that someone in a previous life and now that's being done to me. And so what you should learn from this is I will never, I'll never do that to anybody else, right? Not you should not think. Oh, I want to get revenge on the next person. That person did me wrong. I want to do the next person wrong. Right? That's that's not the lesson you want to learn from that. You want to learn to improve yourself. That's so important. So, um, is there any other questions? I think I've talked enough about um, this book today. I'll carry on more on next Sunday. Are there any other questions for anybody about any aspect of spiritism? And plus, I want to tell you on my uh, on my blog nwspiritism.com, I have the book uh, Spiritism 101: The Third Revelation. You can get that free on PDF, so that you can also get it, of course, on Kindle, a paperback, um, or on Kindle format. And it's also I even have that on Audible. I've got a lot of books on my books. Actually, even the Problem is Solution on Audible. But you can get the Spirits of 101 PDF for free on my site. You can also, I have also done audible versions of the entire The Spirits book. Uh, I have that on, a, you know, the, the format, on an audible type format. 
that is you can download for free. I also have an MP3. I also have uh, for each um, chapter in the book, I have that in on my YouTube channel that you can download. It's just, you know, I have a picture of the book and then me narrating the books if you want to hear it that way. Or also on Spotify, you can look, look me up there, uh, Spiritism. So I have a lot of things for people to use. And of course, Alan Kardec's books, really those are kind of your, uh, you know, if you're really interested in that, always look at Alan Kardec's books because those are the, you know, he codified the spirits book by talking to many spirits and not taking the answers unless multiple mediums uh, wrote down the same message from the spirits as other mediums did without knowing about each other. And that's why the spirits book is wonderful. You can get that. So I said I had that in Audible and so forth. You can also find that on PDF. Of course, you can buy it through your bookstore or, or uh, Amazon.com. But, you know, start with that. Because, of course, I've written my books because I have a little bit. Everyone learns differently. And I'm trying to tell people aspects. And I'm trying to gather what is what I've read from multiple, you know, spirits and communications since then. Because the spirits book was codified in the 1850s. And we've heard a lot and learned a lot of information since then. Okay. So I, uh, well, thank you for people's comments on here. And I want to tell everyone that I want to say God bless everybody. And I will be on, uh, now I wasn't the last weekend. I was on a vacation, but usually on Sundays and Tuesdays at 5 PM Eastern, I'll be on and please feel free to, uh, Put your your comments here because I'll, I'll answer your comments go to my youtube channel oh here's the question hi is there a way to find out about our past karma and yes and that is by analyzing analyze what you're going through now anyone i mean the people say oh you know i want to have this past life regression so i want to know what i was in my past life the spirit world for a reason doesn't let you remember your past life because some things could be too painful, right? And of course, why would you want to relearn algebra five times? No one wants that. And why would you want to know that you did something really bad to your parents that make you feel terrible, right? So given that, that you can't, you know, it's not that important to have past life memories. Really is the way to find out about your past karma is to see what's going through now. If you had someone steal money from you, if you had a bad marriage, if you're in a job that you absolutely hate and you never seen the, even though you're trying really hard, like I've gone through, let me give you an example. I'll, use me as an example. I've had situations in jobs when I was pretty high in the organizations and those companies were sold to other companies and I got a big payoff. Both times I'd, Pretty big payoffs. You know, other people it may not be much, but it was you know more than a couple hundred thousand. Both times, and believe me, I didn't drink these or use drugs. I thought I made very prudent stock investments, right? But I lost everything. And finally, I, I figured out. And then I, and then I had this is then you know years later I was in a mediums meeting when I was told that I had taken advantage of people in the past and I had. I used money instead of helping people, I took their money. And therefore, by knowing that is by like when I had money, but I could never keep it for long, that, okay, that was my past karma is that 
I took money from other people and I'm not allowed to make a lot of money in this life. And so I accept it, right? Okay, I, you know what? I don't need it, right? It's not that important to me. I've learned to, to say, okay, is, you know, as long as I have my, my needs, my shelter, you know, my internet connection, I do pay for a good internet connection, of course, you know, those things I have, but I'm not gonna have the newest car, I always buy used cars, right? In fact, this computer I'm doing, I, I bought a referred laptop because it's cheaper. So those are things I've learned. I've been on the top of the totem pole and I didn't do very good. So I hope that helps you. So if you really look at your relationships and what you've gone through, uh, that will tell you. Now, another clue. Some things happen to you because the spirit world doesn't want you to go down certain paths. When I was in high school, my goal was to go into the Air Force. I really wanted to do that. But then in my senior year, my eyes, my 2020 vision, gone. And of course, back then, uh, there was no you know, eye surgery, none of that. And then I found out that you know they didn't want me in the military because I'd been in the military before. And there, so that, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't because my eyesight went bad because of some bad karma. It was because that was a path I was not allowed to take. So I hope that, okay, yep, thanks. Yeah, I hope that helps anyone out there. Just analyze what you're going through and, and also do yourself a favor. When people do bad things to you, you know, it's okay to, distance you. You don't have to love them, right? But you just have to see, you have to look at them as actors in a play, that they're there, they're there in the scene to give you some sort of stimuli. And they're just being used as a vehicle to make you question yourself. Don't hate them to say, oh, okay, they did that to me. Now, why was that done? Why did the spirit world set this person up to do that to me? They don't hate the person. Just analyze it. And don't feel bad about it. Don't, you know, don't punish yourself over things you've done stupidly because I could be punished myself all day. And as the spirit Joanna D'Angelo says, this, okay, analyze what you did, like a, an arrow in your quiver, shoot that arrow in the forest, don't look back, move forward and say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. But anyway, that's how we should look. We should analyze yourself every day and see what we can do better. Yeah. Anyway, I want to say God bless everyone. And hopefully I'll see you uh, Sundays and Tuesdays. God bless.